This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hello and welcome to the show. So for the podcast today, I'm going to talk about how to reach people who aren't on social media. So I'm recording this episode and we are in May 2020 and we are in the, we're still, I'm based in the UK and we are still in lockdown and I know that most of the people who listen to the show are based here in the UK as well. Yesterday on the 10th of May, our Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that there would be, he would be kind of loosening the measures um, but most people are still pretty restricted, they're still working at home. Um, they're still um, following social distancing and so it means that lots of pet professionals aren't able to go back to working as normal so what I wanted to do was to talk about how to um, eventually obviously we will return back to normal but what I wanted to do today is talk about how to reach people who aren't spending all of their time on social media and the reason why I thought I would do this episode is because during the coronavirus coronavirus crisis there's been um, a there's been a real rise in demand for pets. So lots of charities here in the UK, like the RSPCA, the Dogs Trust, and smaller rescues like Hope Rescue and Dogs for Rescue, um, both rescues who I've interviewed over the last few weeks, have talked about more people coming forward and wanting to have a dog or a pet in their life. Same goes for cats as well. I know I'm talking mostly about dogs here, but the cat charities have also reported there's been an increase in people wanting to adopt. Now, in the week before lockdown, uh, the week beginning the 15th of March, the Dog Trust reported, um, sorry, the Dogs Trust rehomed 25% more animals than they had done the previous year. So the Kennel Club, again, here in the UK, they said their latest figures showed that the searches for their Find a Puppy tool, which is something that they have on their website, had risen by 53% between February and March. So these are really, really um, quite quite staggering figures really um, and really interesting when we think about new people who are going to be getting pets and they're going to be needing to have pet services uh, when things return back to normal. So another interesting figure is that pet insurance providers have reported a 78% increase in people registering new animals um, and a lot of charities now are encouraging people to really carefully consider the commitment of having a pet. So while many many people in the pet service industry have seen their businesses kind of skid to a halt really because they've been forced to shut up shop whether that be grooming dog walking or training these figures are really encouraging in that they show that when people do when we do return to normal when people are allowed to go back to work and when we are you know we do return to life post lockdown there is going to be a demand for the services that they're providing and more people are getting pets so there's going to be more people who are going to need their products and services now, I know right now we're spending so much time online, um, but when we do return to normal, not all of the pet owners, these new pet owners that um, that have kind of sprung up across the country will be looking for products and services on social media. Um, so I know quite often we think that, you know, everything that we need in life, we turn to Facebook for or to other social media platforms. But there are a lot of people out there who don't do that. Um, and that's why I wanted to go through a few different um, a few different examples of how you can reach people that don't involve social media um, 
for you to consider and also for you to consider when you're thinking about the new clients that are coming forward um, and the new clients who are going to be searching for you and then as well as obviously doing what you do on social media you can concentrate some of the efforts that you put into finding new clients in other areas as well so that might be google search it might be on your blog it might be focusing on your website um, lots of different things that you can do to reach people that aren't that don't just involve social media and the other thing that I've done when I was I was thinking of um, I was thinking of doing this post anyway but it was actually um, something I saw on social media ironically um, from Rachel Cross from the Petpreneur Network so Rachel's a former dog walker and she was talking about how she used to reach people who weren't on social media and how people quite a lot of her really good clients actually didn't find her on social media they found her in different ways so what I'm going to do at the end of this episode is I'm going to go through some of the comments that I had when I talked about this on social media which I hope will be encouraging for you and will possibly give you some ideas as well and these are going to be comments from people who are in my network and people who run different um, pet businesses and organizations product and service businesses talking about how people come across the work that they do so first of all I'm going to look at some figures about internet usage and also the the general UK population and how many people are on social media so the latest figures from Ofcom for 2019, so these were the latest figures I could find, and like I say, we're in May 2020, they showed that 9 out of 10 households use the internet and the average person is spending 3 hours and 15 minutes a day online. So I imagine that will have gone up, obviously, with lockdown, um, but they were the figures from 2019. They're the most recent figures that I found from Ofcom. So the next bit of research that I have is from Statista um, and they found that there were 44.84 million people in the UK using Facebook from September to March 2020. So that's nearly 45 million people in the UK are using Facebook. When it came to Twitter, there were 17.75 million users in the UK, according to Statista, same organization and that made the UK the fourth on the list of the countries in the world with the most Twitter users so a lot of people are using Twitter huge and then as of March 2020 for Instagram they had 24.46 million users in the UK according to data from Statista so your biggest one is Facebook followed by Instagram and then not too far behind is Twitter so I know a lot of um, pet business owners do use Twitter and do it really well and I also speak to a lot of people who are a little bit Twitter resistant. Um, so I hope those figures make you maybe think a little bit more about Twitter. As a journalist, I always encourage people to use Twitter because it's a really good way for you to um, reach journalists and get media coverage. Anyway, they are the figures. So we've got 44, sorry, 45 million for Facebook, 17 million for Twitter, sorry, just under 18 million for Twitter, um, and 25 million, let's round it up, for Instagram. So the UK population, though, as a whole is just under 68 million so we've got a big chunk of the population who aren't on social media and this is why i'm talking about this in this episode to show that you know this that's like you know it's it's a, a third of the population aren't on social media if we look at those figures so if, even if we look at facebook we've got 44 million people are on there but out, that's out of 68 million so that's like 
nearly a third of the UK population aren't on Facebook. So it's really interesting figures um, when you look at it like that. So what I'd like you to think about is think about the clients that you have um, who might not use social media. So they might be more likely to be older, they might be retired, they might have more money to spend, or they might be, you know, a business owner themselves and they might not be spending a lot of time on social media because they're busy in their own business so it's really really important that you can reach those people quite often also it's also the case that the less time they're spending on social media the more busy they are the more disposable income they have and the more money they might be willing to spend on your products and services so how do you kind of work out who these people are and how they find you and how to go and reach more people like them so one thing I would suggest would be to write a list of all of your clients and work out roughly, you know, what their ages are and what their interests are and where it is that they hang out. Or maybe you might want to look at your social media um, followers and audiences on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and see, you know, who kind of likes and engages with your posts um, and, on, you know, and on your pictures and that kind of thing. And then think about your clients. Let's say if you've got a list of 20 clients and you see, you know, maybe 10 of them engage with you a lot on Facebook, maybe, um, you know, four or five on Twitter or Instagram, then you, you kind of look, you might look at that list and think, OK, so who isn't on there and what are they like and where did they discover me? So once you've worked that out, you can then start thinking about their, where their eyes might be um, and where you can go to reach more people like them. Um, and the other thing that you can do is ask them as well. So, you know, when new people come to you who you know haven't found you on social media, ask where it was that they found you and where they, you know, where they learned about your business. So, you know, did they read about you in like a local magazine? Did you hand out a flyer at the vets or do you maybe have something like on a notice board or something like that? Was it through word of mouth? What I would do is as a service provider, every time you get a new client, um, ask where they found you and keep a record of it somewhere. Um, I know this might sound a little bit old fashioned because we hear so much about social media and how important it is and all the things that we need to be doing on social media. But actually, I think this is really, really interesting information. And if you can have like a spreadsheet or some kind of record of where people find you, um, you can look at your clients and think about what they're like and, and look at the different caliber or type of clients that you get from all of these different places. Um, and then think about, you know, what, where you're going to concentrate your efforts in the future on reaching new clients. So when I'm talking about this kind of thing, I always like to think about like my mum. So my mum is in her 60s um, and we used to have a dog when we were growing up. We had a Cocker Spaniel Charlie. We never needed a dog walker because my mum was at home um, and we were at home obviously looking after him. When, this was when I was like at school and university. Um, so we didn't need a walker, but we did need a groomer. So how did my mum find out about our dog groomer? Well, she it was this was in like the 90s before social media before internet usage but i know that my mum would be the same today so she she would not use social media to find out about a dog groomer what she did is she went to her local pet shop in on the high street in the village where she lives and she went and asked in there and she also would have had a look on the notice board in the pet shop so she got the recommendation for the lady in the van who used to come and give charlie his groom from the local pet shop um, so if, I, if we kind of imagine, you know, my mum was looking for a dog walker or a dog sitter, maybe if she had a dog again, these would be the things that she these would be some of the things that she would do. Um, and I would say I would put this in the order that she would do them as well. So first of all, she would ask me if I knew anyone. So I still have lots of contacts and connections in Warrington. Um, so I would probably be able to find somebody for her or know of somebody. Then she would go to her friends and ask, ask if they could recommend anyone because she'd want to have that trust. She'd want, you know, she would want to know that maybe her friend Pat, who's got a lovely little multi-poo called Rosie, if she um, 
you know, she's used this particular dog sitter or dog boarder or dog walker. She knows that that you know that that dog walker is is going to have been put through her paces by Pat, and that she's going to give a really good service. So if she fell at that hurdle and she couldn't find anyone, you know, that way, the next thing she would do is have a look in the Warrington Guardian or Village Life magazine. She would probably go to the advert section and have a look there. Now these. Um, these small magazines are really reasonable when it comes to advertising and a lot of people who are more um, mature or who might have retired or might have disposable income like my mum does will have a look in those in those kind of places for service providers so that might be something to think about if you can take an advert out in something like that for maybe 20 pound every quarter that would be money well spent i would say um then, as I said, you'd go into the pet shop, have a look for leaflets in there. Um, she might pop into the vets and see if they know anyone suitable. And then the final thing she probably would do would be to go to Google and put in Dog Walker and Stockton Heath or Dog Walker Warrington and see what came up. And then she might have a look at their different websites um, and try and work out which one would be the best for her. So at no point would she go to social media. And these are the kind of things that we want to think about when we're thinking about how to reach people who aren't on social media. So I would say the most important thing um, that you want to have for your pet business is word of mouth. So what you really want is for your customers to be absolutely over the moon with the service that you're providing for them and to be shouting about you from the rooftops and talking about you know what it is that they love about what you do. So I speak to pet business owners every week, um, you know, who I know go the extra mile for their customers. Um, and I know that they, you know, they have these lovely personal touches and they do really, um, you know, really fantastic things. So just as a bit of an example from my own experience, I've worked with a dog trainer called Sue McCabe. And oh my God, honestly, I must talk about Sue McCabe several times a week because of what she helped me do with Patch. So I'll talk about her when I'm on calls, with, when I'm doing coaching calls with my group. I'll talk to her when I'm talking to other pet business owners. I'll talk to talk about her when I'm writing like social media posts or if I see somebody else talking about dog training on social media, I'll mention Sue. I'll talk to her, I'll talk about her in like journalist forums, all kinds of different things because of the brilliant service that she delivered. Um, but there's also those really lovely personal touches that you can do as well. And I know that so many people do really well. So that might be something like sending out a postcard. Like during lockdown, I've had some lovely postcards sent out to me from people who I've bought products from. So Michelle from Scuffy Little Terrier, she has sent me um, two postcards. And Lottie from the Cozy Canine Company sent me a, a mask, actually, that she'd made um, that she was sending out to, to clients, which was a really, really lovely personal touch. Um, another thing you can think about as well that really helps with the word, word of mouth and that really nice personalisation is using something um, like um, a service like House of Henry where, for example, every um, every she creates personalised bandanas and collar tags um, for dogs when they've been in for a groom so she like let's say if you run you know waggy tails dog groomers you can get like a lovely bandana made up or a collar tag so when you send your dogs home to their um to their families then they've got this lovely um, memento now people usually people really love this personal touch they tell the friends about it they may share take photos and share on social media as well so it's a really um it's a really nice thing a really lovely personalized thing to send customers away with and um, that will keep you um you know front of mind when they're thinking about thinking about having the dog groomed um, and also keep that loyalty as well which is really important we want to keep retaining our clients don't we um i remember daisy coming back from the groomers one she never used to go very often um 
because she was a terrier so we you know we just wash and brush her at home but I took her for the occasional groom she once came back with like a doggy oreo which I thought was a really lovely touch so these are the things that stay in your mind and that was from um, Sissy Yappy in Warrington who I think I've talked about on this podcast before um so yeah so that's another thing another thing that you can do for um you know to get that word of mouth uh, recommendation is network as well so um i've spoken to a few people over the years who go to networking meetings and they're usually the only dog walker or dog trainer or dog groomer at a networking meeting um lots of different ways that you can network you can obviously go to industry events which is great and be part of um, industry facebook groups and that kind of thing and all, but also your local facebook groups as well um but sometimes consider um going along to a networking group um you know just as a guest just as a guest really i wouldn't i wouldn't go to um i wouldn't go to a regular networking thing where you have to pay and you have to be there every every week come rain or shine because i'm just not sure that that's really very practical for um for a pet service provider if you're going into like a general networking group but i do think going out and getting to community events and going to networking events and getting in front of people and getting people to know your name and know what you do and know of you as being you know the 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 dog groomer who does xyz or the dog walker who takes their dogs on you know adventures to stately homes if you become known as that person by doing a bit of networking then that's really going to help you it's going to help you win customers and get in front of people and make people be aware of what you do who might not you know who might not look at look for people on social media so just as an example there's a lady called claire um claire turner tar from porsche who has these amazing doggy adventures i know she does a lot of networking Uh, she goes to lots of different events but i know because she's um because she's just got this such a fascinating service where she takes these dogs on stately trips to stately homes and she does so much so many lovely personalized things for her clients that she will get so much word of mouth business because of what she does and what she does that makes people feel so special and the dogs as well um Another thing to think about as well is, um, you know, collaborating with other businesses in your area um, so you get that word of mouth from them. So like your vets, like your pet shops, um, like other pet service providers, so they re- they're recommending you. Um, and all, the, all these things will really help when it comes to word of mouth. Um, another thing I was going to mention from Claire, actually, is that she has this Porsche mobile. So she has this purple car that she drives around in and it's got her, her logo and branding in. Um, and on the side so again people will instantly recognize her as claire from porsche and she has this really amazing um, service and so she'll get word of mouth that way as well so another thing to think about is advertising flyers leaflets posters i know it sounds really old school but when you live in a small community or village with um you know that's the kind of thing that people that people you know that's that's the kind of thing where people find out about service providers so when i used to live in lynn which again is a really small village um you know i used to get flyers put through the door i actually met a dog walker who was going out flyering and we had a bit of a chat and that's what she was doing to launch her business um another great example of somebody who's kind of launched through flyering rather than just concentrating on social media is dominic hodgson from pack leader adventures so dominic is a pet business coach as well but when he launched his business back in 2011 i think it was and i will link to the blog post about this on in the show notes he actually went and stood outside pets at home and he gave out flyers to people as they were going in and that led to him he he says it led to him um basically creating like a six-figure business over the course of a few years from that one weekend giving out flyers so think about things like that as well people um you know 
people do people do pick up flyers they pick up flyers in pet shops they pick up flyers in cafes all those different types of places um, where they go and learn about different products and services particularly for people who are a little bit older as well that is where they're going to possibly find out about you the other thing to think about is advertising um touched on it before but if you live in a small community or village or town maybe think about you know think about the different magazines and newspapers and and publications that they've got that people find in coffee shops that people people pick up when they're out and about again talking about coffee shops this is looking into the future a little bit but you know when we think about what life is going to be like when we go back if you're thinking actually yes um it might be a good time to take out an advert in a magazine like that um these magazines will be going into coffee shops people will be going out um, you know, in the future, people will want to go and enjoy the things that they used to enjoy and picking up magazines in doctors, dentists, coffee shops, all those community places is something that they're going to do and they're going to possibly find out about you that way. So can you contact any local magazines? Can you see if they might include a story about your business or maybe ask if you can write a monthly column for them? If you become, you know, the the dog trainer who has a column in the local magazine, then that's going to make you visible to so many more people and you're going to get that great word of mouth again. What you can do as well is if you can go and get yourself, go and get yourself a copy of a local magazine, you might find it in a supermarket, for example. Take a look and see if any other pet businesses are advertising because if you know people are going to be looking in these magazines and if they are really uh, reasonably priced it's well worth giving it a try and just testing it um because this is where you're going to reach people who might be retired who might find the internet overwhelming who aren't online all the time or who might have been online a lot but don't want to be there you know don't want to be online so much in the future or who find it complicated they might be the kind of person who would flick through a local magazine and find a pet service provider from there So the final thing to think about when you are trying to reach people who aren't on social media is to look at Google search. So when you put your name into Google, what happens when you put your business name into Google? What do you see in an ideal world? If you are a dog walker in in Newcastle, for example, what you want to happen when you go to Google is for you to put in dog walker and Newcastle and for your name and for your business to be coming on that first page of Google. Now, that takes quite a lot of work. It takes a lot of work off social media. Um, there's lots of different things that you can do to make that happen. So you can be on different directories. So like directories like Dotty Four Paws, um, which is a pet service directory, which you know has listings all over the country. You can be featuring on other people's websites. You can be doing guest blogging. You can have a Google My Business page, which is set up. You can be, you can feature, you can do things to feature on the three best rated that will bring your um, that will mean that your business will be one of the three best rated in your town so that will come up quite high on search um, really good thing to do is for you to have a google my business page set up so while we're in lockdown if you're doing all of if you're you know you're working on your business rather than in your business if you haven't already got google my business set up then definitely go and make a start with doing that this is something that you can do in quite a short space of time but it's really really going to help when people are going to be searching for your particular service or product that you provide you really want your google my business page to be set up and optimized so it's bringing people to you um, obviously having more blogs and posts on your website is really going to help as well so if you have created lots of content around being a dog walker in newcastle or being a dog trainer in derbyshire or whatever it is that you do maybe being a specialist on barking dogs or being a specialist in 
training a particular breed if you put in dog trainer beagle for example if you, if that's your niche and you've created lots of content um, on that particular topic then that's going to show up on google and that's going to be really good in bringing people to you a couple of weeks ago i did a podcast with kelly win who is the beagle lady um, and if you google um, beagle trainer lots of stuff comes up for her because she's niched into that particular breed which means that when people are looking for a beagle trainer they're most likely to find her so that's a really good benefit of niching but just going back to the google my business page if you can get that set up while we're on lockdown if you haven't got it already absolutely go and do that and think about posting to it as regularly as you can as well i know there's lots of things for us to be doing right now but google my business will really really help when it comes to people searching for what it is that you do. So um, I'm going to link in the show notes to a post from Rosie Robinson from Woof Design. She's a pet business website designer. She's an SEO expert and she's also been a dog trainer herself. So she's done a really good article on three reasons why Google My Business um, will work for your business and also why Google your why your Google My Business page isn't working. So she's created some really helpful content on how to get um, Google My Business working for you. Um, but it's really important to, um, you know, for you to go to Google, put your name into search, put your business name into search or put what it is that you provide and for you to be coming up over and over again. That's what we all really aim for. And while we're in lockdown, we can be working on that content. So that serves us now and way into the future as well. Although it can take a long time to... Um, write blogs and create content and create that you know create things that make us visible in search it will really really help um it will really help you build your business in future and help people find you while you kind of sleep so rather than you have to post on social media all the time for people to find you if you've got great things coming up in search if you've got blogs working for you if you've got you know you're featured in magazines if you've got that word of mouth you you know you're bringing in clients without having to put all of the effort in all the social media posts and all those things and you're bringing in clients who aren't on social media as well so it's a different type of client so i hope you found that helpful um i do feel like i've kind of bounced around on lots of different tangents there but i just have this thing where i have so many ideas that go around in my head and they all just kind of come out of my mouth at the same time but i've given you lots of ideas in that episode and what i wanted to do is talk to you a little bit um go for a few examples of people who popped up and said actually this is what's worked for me so heather heather is from positive squad and she runs a social enterprise supporting um, families with children with disabilities um so what heather said was um, that a fair few of her customers aren't on Facebook, but they found her via Google and Yale. Um, she's rather she's rather a niche service, but when she was a dog trainer, she never got inquiries from Google or Yale or anywhere like that. She relied really heavily on word of mouth, but now because of what she's um, because of what she's you know doing because her service is really niche people are finding her via google search so that's heather from positive squad and i'll link to her um her website in the show notes as well so you can find out more about the amazing work that she does she's really so fascinating so jess kemp is a dog walker she says she's happy to share that she has a few clients who are on social media and they have found her from putting cards up in shops so in pet shops um, and other shops so she says so she gets a lot of recommendations and she goes to networking meetings where she's able to generate organic relationships with people and other businesses who recommend her so that's great stuff that jess is doing um, rachel cross who is from petpreneur network said that by far the most cost effective way she's found is advertising 
in local magazines. So not expensive, delivered to hundreds if not thousands of local people and people tend to keep those local magazines for future reference as well. So um, I talked about that before, people do keep these as directories, people look at them, you know, people will go to them if they need like a plumber or a joiner or whatever they need. Um, Rachel says that they make you seem more legit as well and not just a hobbyist. So that was really, really helpful feedback from Rachel. Um, Claire Harris runs a pet taxi franchise and she says that her older customers find her from from where they're going um, so you know they find out about her from the vets so it's generally the vets who refer her to the clients um, and that will quite often be you know people who are a little bit older um, so again they're getting the referral from the vet so if you've got a relationship if you can build a relationship with your vet and you can collaborate with them and you can maybe create some kind of newsletter or something that you can leave at the vet something of value um, then you're going to get clients that way as well so susan thompson is from the laundromat so she's a dog groomer up in scotland now she says this is something i've always thought i don't do enough of i know so many people young and old who are on social media Susan has produced a newsletter and she's delivering it locally and she's posted in magazines as well for gala days and that kind of thing. So Susan says there's a huge market for so people who aren't on social media that she wants to tap into. Brilliant thing that Susan's done. She's been working with me um, and she's in my new membership, which I'm starting in May. Um, Susan has really worked on her blogging and her press coverage. So she's had three pieces of press coverage over the past um, few weeks while we've been in lockdown, which is fantastic. She's talked about supporting key workers and she's talked about grooming um, and how to groom your dog at home and what not to do when it comes to grooming. So when people are searching for a dog groomer in her area of Scotland, so she's in Grangemouth in Scotland, if people search for dog groomer in Grangemouth, they're going to find Susan from the press cuttings that she has. So that's when I was talking about people being visible on Google and in search engines, the press coverage that Susan's had will really help her there. So that will help when it comes comes to people searching for her off social media and in Google and searching for her specific key terms. So big well done to Susan there and thank you for sharing your, um, you know, what's worked for you. Um, so Marie Yates is from, she is the founder of Canine Perspective and she has a social enterprise working with rescue dogs and all kinds of people, um, including um, survivors of sexual violence and people who, um, she works with businesses as well, and she shows how working with rescue dogs can build resilience in all kinds of different scenarios. So Marie hasn't been able to go out and do her workshops, but she's talked about the fact that most of the people who she works with aren't on social media. Um, she goes to where they are, so she will go to um, the support services that, that survivors have, and then word of mouth does the work for her. Um, so she'll she will probably find out, um, you know, she'll probably reach people via support services. Um, she also writes for magazines that they read, um, and she has her keywords and SEO set up for things that they search for. So Marie also speaks at events um, and she yeah she she has a podcast as well so she's not mentioned that in the comment but she does have the um lessons from a dog luna podcast it's called the luna podcast and i'll link to it on the show so i think people will find her through that as well um alison price from house of henry um she talks about vehicle graphics so she makes vehicle graphics for people so when i was talking about claire from porsche and the porsche mobile she makes the kind of um I think they're like magne magnetic things that you can put on your vehicle um, or you can have them on there permanently um, so people can actually see you when you're out and about. So if you've got a really great, um, really 
brilliant design, um, really, really great logo for your business, or if you've got a really eye-catching business name. So one of the ladies I'm working with at the moment, she's called the Fairy Godmother. Um, that's a fantastic, um, that's a really, really interesting eye-catching name. She's got this brilliant logo, and I remember seeing her, I remember seeing her um, her van at an event and thinking, wow, that's really, that's a brilliant logo. So people can see you that way as well. Um, Alison also creates the branded merchandise that I mentioned, the bandanas, the um, collar tags that, that that groomers use when they send their dogs back to the, the families. Um, so again, that's another example of something that you can use, which really creates that brilliant word of mouth and referral. And then finally, Kirsty Skeets, who is, she is a, she runs Fit for Dogs. It's a hydrotherapy centre in Huddersfield, sorry, in Hull. I always say Huddersfield, I don't know why. But anyway, Kirsty is like the queen of awards. So she's brilliant at applying for awards and she, she's won so many awards. And that's been really, really great for raising her profile. Um, she's had lots of media coverage because of the awards as well, so that's great. Um, so she has the, um, you know, the, she's got lots of visibility when you put in hydrotherapy and hull into Google search. Kirsty comes up over and over and over again. She creates lots of content. She has lots of guest blogging as well. So these are things that have worked for her. She has mentioned being a judge at a local fun dog show. Um, she has donated raffle prizes to rescue centres for when they're holding events. She links up with other dog businesses when they're doing stalls at fairs. Um, she is linked with dog trainers so she has referrals from other dog trainers in the area and they will quite often put her flyers in their welcome packs she's got signage on a fence um, in a busy area so when people drive past then they can um, you know they can actually see her sign um, she has linked with dog fields as well so again very active dogs who are using dog fields. They might be doing um, they might be doing things like flyball, that kind of thing. They're going to benefit from hydrotherapy. So again, she's just kind of doing lots of lateral thinking there and thinking about other businesses that can complement what she does and who have the similar audience. She has linked up with vets, so she gets referrals from the vets. Um, they came and had a free session um, to see what she does over at Fit for Dogs. She's so proactive. Absolutely love hearing what Kirsty does. Um, she goes to farmer shows um, and contacted all the relevant businesses who were linked to that and went around and met them all and gave them a gift bag. Um, all of her customers take business cards and flyers, um, you know, to work, to put on the notice board or in the staff room. So she proactively gets people to do that. Um, she's also part of a local women in business group. She loves networking. Um, she has her her. Um, marketing material in dog friendly cafes that's another good one we've got a really dog friendly pub so like going in the magazines that go into those pubs is also a really good idea um, and she also has a branded dog treat jar with business cards in which is just brilliant I think um, so yeah she says finally her customers are the biggest asset as they're always telling everybody about what they do about what sorry about what she does um, so loads of brilliant ideas there from Kirsty. so I hope that gives you lots of things to think about um, and yeah, lots of ideas to do that don't involve being on social media all the time because it can be such a time suck um, and we can be, you know, when we when we think all we can do is social media or we can do is Facebook, then we're also at the mercy of the algorithm. We know that, you know, only one or two percent of our customers will see the posts that we put on our Facebook pages. And actually, a lot of the things that we've talked about here, so getting an article in a magazine or maybe putting a sign up, that doesn't take that long. If you were to write an article to go in a magazine, it would only take you probably half an hour to write it. To go and physically get a sign made and put the sign up, you know, you might have to design it, you might have to have a bit of, 
you know, t- spend a bit of time creating it or getting it made for you and then putting it up. But actually, you know, that's going to bring in people for years and years and years. So it's really, really worthwhile to kind of think outside the box a little bit and come up with different ideas and be creative and also test and see what works for you. So when you get new people coming to you, you can ask them how they found out about you. Then you can work out what works and what doesn't and then spend more time doing that. So I hope that's given you loads of different ideas. Really thankful for the people who commented and shared their ideas and what has worked for them as well. Um, And if you've got any suggestions, please let me know. Um, You can get in touch with me in my Facebook group, which is Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses. Or you can contact me um, if you go to the show notes. That will take you to the contact page on my website. Um, And if you've got any ideas for future episodes or anything that you think you would like me to talk about, I'd really like to hear about that too. Hope you're keeping safe and well. Um, And thank you, as always, for tuning into this podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast and you would like to leave me a review, I would be so, so thankful. So if that's you, um, if you'd like to leave me a review on iTunes, if you go to the show notes underneath the episode, there will be a section where you can leave a review. And I would be really, really thankful. um, And thank you again for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.